0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Siki Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 21 on this Feel Good Friday, March 19th, 2021. Uh, March Madness is officially underway, which is exciting. We got NFL and NBA today. No March Madness because, you know, it, it already started. I'm sure by the time you're listening to this, a lot of the games are already over. Over half of the round of 32 is probably over by the time you're watching this. So without further ado, let's dive on in. All right, so we kick off today's episode with Ryan Pace and Mike Mayock um, kind of headlining the losers, I guess, because these are two GM names that coming into free agency even were pretty hot, and, and they were on the hot seat. And, you know, some of the moves I guess they made were, were extremely questionable, to say the least. Um, Andy Dolan to the Bears, um, which Bears fans are highly critical of. And then secondly, Kenyon Drake to the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, you pay your backup running back. 11 million guaranteed it doesn't seem to make much sense but I guess you know it's a two backfield you know kind of league now but I, I think what I'm going to take away from this is that you know why even cut Rodney Hudson and like why, why cut all these like offensive linemen I guess is like you, you kind of like just man, dismantle your offensive line to get another backup running back Um seems a bit and then the Marcus Mariota situation where you want to cut him now or ask him to pick, take a pay cut because you want to pay Kenyon Drake $11 million guaranteed. So for me, this doesn't make much sense. I kind of want to get your eyes thoughts on both these situations, one in Chicago and one in Las Vegas.
1: Yeah, To me, there's just no logic, like you said. So you traded Rodney Hudson for a bag of chips. You traded Gabe Jackson for a bag of chips. That, those guys are two really good pieces on your offensive line. Rodney Hudson is still arguably a top three center in the league. Then the Bears, they talked to Seattle um, about – you know, inquiring about Russell Wilson. And they, they said that two defensive starters were in the trade and then they cut Kyle Fuller. And now Akeem Hicks is requested to make a trade. So we know who was offered in that. Kyle Fuller was in the trade. Yeah. And so was Akeem Hicks Hicks, because now he has permission to request a trade. So you basically just told us what you offered Seattle. And now you sign Andy Dalton. You told him he's going to be the starter. This is Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy's one last year to become something. And and they're they're going to be the worst team in the division at this rate. They're going to win six games. Well, so no, oh, the
0: Lions, the Lions had a whole lot worse. Um, if you yeah, look, look at like definitely a little worse, yeah. I don't the know, I
1: don't know if the Lions got worse though. Oh,
2: well, they didn't get better, and they, they
1: were didn't get better, and guys.
0: they lost Stafford too. Like, I think losing Stafford for golf is like the most I under- might
1: lose Gallaudet. They're gonna lose Galladay now. Oh, I, guess. So, I mean, Galladay they already did lose Galladay, they're not gonna they they lost received. Marvin Jones, so mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, regardless, they so got Sever- Romeo
0: Cora back though, which is big for them. Wasn't
1: he on the Giants?
2: Yeah, Romeo he was another guy that they let go for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, man. Um, hey, but, you know, a lot of people keep saying, like, oh, they let go of two good offensive linemen in the Raiders. I think they let go of two elite offensive linemen. I don't think people give these guys enough credit. Rodney Hudson has the best pass block rate among any center. Like,
1: yeah, in the he, he's by he's by one of the best centers in the league.
2: league. It's incredible. And another thing I saw is they didn't even save. They actually lost salary. $2 million.
0: Yeah, $2 million.
2: Yeah, like it. So there was – genuinely no reason it's not I don't think he's a bad locker room guy we've never really heard any of that before either I don't so the whole the whole move makes no sense and as for the Bears I mean we've we've already ripped the Bears enough like <laughs> it's hard to really kill them though because like they're trying to get Russell Wilson like it's not like they're not trying yeah I
0: know but then like why do you even like you say you're contending right this is my whole thing I, no, they're I not
2: contending they're just trying to be competitive because yeah. you don't want to like you don't want to go out there and send out a team that you know is going to lose
0: yeah, but Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy is supposed to be their final year together, right? Like, yeah, they're very and then so why are you cutting a top ten cornerback if you, if you want to win now? This is a contending team apparently,
2: but you want to. I, I, I think cut, they're trying I to clear know. some salary for Russell Wilson because I read this morning, like as of this morning, they're still trying to make a push for him. But so Lord, why is Andy Dolan, why give him? Andy
0: Dolan a seven a seven million dollar signing bonus and three million guaranteed for the cap at this year? Yeah,
2: I, I can't defend all of your moves. <laughs>
0: I know. So it just seems I, a bit crazy. I, I don't know. I don't know. to me it does, but
2: it, it, no, and, you know, what else is, crazy? Oh, I, I was going to say the thing that's crazy is bill Belichick spending more money this off than he literally has every other off season. They bought in Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, um, Judon, yeah, a, a bunch of, just a bunch of guys, um, 139, $139 million guaranteed crazy. already. Just absurd. What are your guys thoughts on some of these deals?
0: Well, I mean, to start off, I guess, like you just said, $139 million guaranteed the Patriots spent. No um, you look at the second most team, it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe if I get this number right, it's $71 million for the Jaguars. So to me, you spent more than ha- more than double the second, the second highest team spent in free agency. So it tells me that the Patriots are all in. It tells me that this is Bill Belichick's final run. His final team is assembling. He's gonna retire after this team is, is primes over. Whatever this nucleus together has left, and it this can be the final team he assembled. So it's, it's gonna abs- like no, this is gonna be like the final, like last like group of guys, like the nucleus of guys. He's
1: not that that old yet. And I feel like it's more I mean, like is he Bell- the
2: oldest head coach in the league? Isn't Pete no. Carroll older?
0: Pete, Pete Car- Carroll, no, P. Carroll is older, but Pete but, Carroll's also been rumored to be retiring soon listen, as well. But,
1: but Belichick this year they've been struggling drafting we know that look at last year with the tight ends in that third round they drafted two tight ends they just signed tight ends of free agency look at their drafting histories of receivers they have completely whiffed Um, the only thing they really have hit on is offensive linemen and Winovich was pretty good but the Patriots are smart realistically speaking he knew where he made mistakes in the draft and he retuned the roster in free agency. We'd give a lot of team shit for doing this and throwing money at guys like this. But Belichick has a plan. He He's gonna go back, watch film from 2011-2012 when he had two the two tight end sets, a lot of twenty one personnel, split Johnny Smith out wide, have Hunter Henry be in the middle of the field. They're not gonna have Cam Newton starting for this offense. I'll tell you that right now. Mac Jones is gonna be the quarterback. You don't think Cam Newton's going a star for them? I don't know no way. about that. I, I think Cam Newton's... You wouldn't sign a deep threat receiver. You wouldn't sign these tight ends. Cam Newton's not the quarterback that fits for this offense.
2: I think but Cam no Newton deserves another chance, though, because we've seen him produce. Yeah, like in all fairness, last year's offense was just one of the worst skill position groups we've seen recently in the NFL. I mean, he had no chance to succeed. You know, I think they should draft a
0: receiver, though. Hot take because. Even though you know, you got Kendrick Bourne, and you know, who do you get? Kendrick, yeah, Bourne but you and have Edelman
1: Adler. too, still, and you yeah, still but, have buyers no, but, but, like no, Aguilar.
0: Is, is Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and Julian Edelman still not a bottom five receiving? Court? No,
2: and Ed- Edelman is not a long term solution at this point because look, the, the tight ends are phenomenal, yeah. and
0: I get that that's kind of like their, their whole idea. They're going to the two tight end personnel, and yeah, but like-
1: it's, you. You don't need like necessarily like a stud receiver, like a good receiver. But I, find. I
0: do believe that the, the the Patriots are. I think would still be you know open. I guess open to possibly drafting Jalen Waddle, a guy like that. Maybe even like Rashad Bateman. I still think they're saying, not uh, done. Like the
2: Giants too. Even if they sign Galladay, I still think that Jalen Waddle should be on the table. You can never I have agree. enough receivers in the NFL. I mean, look at the Buccaneers. They throw, like eleven different guys at you, and it's just unbelievable. Their offense is unstoppable. You know, against yeah, the top in, defenses in the playoffs, they scored thirty points every single game. Because yeah, they had I think that's the way to do it, these they
0: got Godwin and who else? Evans, and then they get Antonio Evans, Brown,
2: AB Scotty Miller's a great receiver. Like they and signed Johnson. Antonio Brown
0: after all these guys, they had yeah. Yeah. rookie
2: Johnson's yeah. pretty good too. Like yeah, he, yeah exactly. Great. That so, guy's no. a legitimate receiver, as the number five on their depth chart, and that's not even including Gronk and Cameron Brayton, who are pretty and good OJ good
1: Howard good. is going to come back,
2: exactly. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, I mean, and then you have like four net out of the backfield. There's just so many options, and I think you know, when you're the Patriots, you, sh- you should never stop stockpiling these options, you know,
1: yeah. I mean. I don't know. Maybe they'll trade Gilmore though, too. Uh, there's been rumors so of that.
2: Why? Why trade him if you're trying to win? He's still a top You know, player. I think I
0: I keep Gilmore. If you're, if you're if after the moves they made in free agency, think about it, this is all win now moves. You get Jalen Mills, who's a, and look how the wording of the, t- the tweet, he's a versatile player. That means that it's a safety. He's going to play safety with them. He's mm-hmm. a, he, they said a versatile secondary member. So he's going to be playing uh-huh. safety. Then JC Jackson and Stefan Gilmore will be two cornerbacks for them. And they'll be an elite secondary in the NFL. And then, you know, the pass rush, I, I guess it's still kind of questionable, but. No, you know, they Matt got Van Noy and on. now. That's
1: what yeah, they Yeah, Matt bring him in. Court, but I wasn't so, a huge fan of that signing. They could really use a Mike linebacker like Parsons or somebody or like Owusu. Uh, and
2: Patrick Chung, they're retired too, so Jalen Mills is going to yeah, be. Yeah, but the they game game. really like that Duggar guy, though. They really like They him. like Duggar.
1: They have Phillips. They still yeah. have McCourty. They're set at safety. They have like yeah, four safeties.
0: And then I, I think, well, there's, you know, you can never go wrong on more, you know, Defensive back depth. I think we've seen that like a time time. percent. And a
1: lot of teams, especially the Patriots, they love using like three safety sets. So it 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 makes a lot of sense. You can move Mills to the slot as well. So they they have a lot of like movement and a lot of pieces. I think
0: he's underrated, Jalen Mills. To be I think in Belichick's scheme, you, you we talk about all the time the defensive players in Belichick's scheme only get better.
1: Yeah, he'll be, only he, get better. So he's going to be great because he's so versatile. Hundred
0: mm-hmm, percent.
1: All right, so let's move on now, guys. What team do you think had the most overrated and underrated free agency? Uh, to be honest with you guys, I think my Jets had a pretty good free agency, underrated. But I also think that we just talked about the Patriots a little bit. I think that they had a little bit of an overrated um, free agency, period. What do you guys think? Ooh, overrated?
2: The Patriots being overrated, I don't necessarily think it's overrated because so many people were already criticizing it that, like, it's hard to call it overrated. I think, I think like, here's the issue with the Patriots is we, we've seen, I think it was Ian rapport tweeted out, like, the highest spending team in free agency history the furthest any team made it was the giants in the wild card round in 2016 so historically these teams don't succeed very much but my overrated team is washington like they bought in ryan fitzpatrick and whatever reason, people are acting like that um that like solidified their quarterback position i He's think ryan fitzpatrick is really good though to be honest with you he, he, curtis samuel i don't like him either I, I think they paid a lot like what 13 million dollars a year I, I think they had a tremendously overrated free agency period i thought they might have made a push for, I think any Dalton is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. To be
0: honest, I think I think the Washington football team had an underrated frequency period. Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, to me, and Curtis Samuel, is a great signing, but I think is Ryan, a, Fitzpatrick Ryan Fitzpatrick is a, a, is a good half quarterback.
2: The game, half the games Ryan Fitzpatrick plays, he's going to lay an egg. He's going to, like, they're going to lose the game. Because All right, well, let's pick. see what
0: happens if the Washington football team wins the NFC East again this year, and oh, the Giants well, just
2: up. That's not, If they win the NFC East, it won't be because of Ryan Fitzpatrick. But and then, anyway, my underrated team is the Jags. I think they just signed a lot of solid players. I think they were <laughs> the smart. I think they were smart. They had a lot of money, and people wanted them to just go out and throw like $100 million at Kenny Galladay and all the big name free agents, and they didn't do that. And I actually think that was pretty smart on their end because obviously they're not going to be winning this year.
1: Yeah, that's why I like the Jets as well. I, I don't think they necessarily pay – Top prime for the top price, like they got a guy like Corey Davis.
2: I love the Corey Davis signing. Actually, I think he was the second best re- uh, receiver available.
1: I agree, 100. percent. And you then know, they so got the- Carl Lawson, who was a good edge rusher who fits a new scheme. Like they kind of went in the same boat as Jags. They didn't oh. necessarily pay for the top names, but they played for premier guys, but not at a really high rate. So I think that was good, and I think that makes sense for teams like the Jets and the Jags, where they're three, four years away, and instead of tuning your roster and throwing, uh, let's just say. $50 million at Gallaudet, for him to be gone by the time your team's going to hit their prime, it's stupid. Mm-hmm. You know what I
0: think, though, for overrated? It's a hot take. The Cincinnati Bengals, Trey Hendrickson and that's and, and that scheme. Is I agree. I think
1: the be Bengals flopped. they, because look, it. they did. Trey they got a and Hendrickson, and they let go of William Jackson and Carl Lawson. Exactly. That doesn't make any sense. And you, you think, at, I love all these players. players. They,
0: they, they play good in a scheme or right? a, a certain scheme defensively, right? These guys like Trey Hendrickson. And you think that it's going to carry over, but it, it really oftentimes doesn't carry over. Be honest, they, I,
1: think you, I think Trey Hendrickson was only really good because of a product of Cameron Jordan yeah. on the other end.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that's a horrible
2: – I think it's going to come back to – haunt. that's a horrible – that's I the worst sighting in my book. On, on the majority of Hendrickson's um, sacks, he was unblocked.
1: Yeah. So
2: I think I, even good. He, he was, was un- un- or the hear.
1: quarterback held the ball for like more than five seconds. He only had three actual sacks, they said. Yeah.
2: So I think he's vastly overrated. And I think most teams knew that. It and, they a- didn't, and they didn't
0: just the offensive line. No, they, was signed, was the most-
2: they signed somebody today. Oh, they got I- Riley Reef today. Riley Reef. Riley- oh, my
0: God. That Riley- gets a scrub. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's 33 years old.
2: Light upgrade over Bobby Hart, though. Listen, though.
0: The Bengals, and then my underrated real quick before, and I'm I should go over this real quick, the Jets. The Jets are underrated because Corey Davis has a great signing or the Washington I football agree. team, you could argue for underrated, but the Jets, great period, great, great offseason. I agree. Frequency, I guess you could say. So <laughs> far, yeah. Off season.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's All hard right, well, Yeah, There's still a lot of premier names out there. I think that the Jets would be smart, or a lot of teams would be smart to add a guy like Juju uh, and put him in this slot. He's still a vastly underrated guy. He's only 24 years old.
0: Yeah, you got to just, I would bring him along, but he can't be your number one option, now, I think. No, 100%, like saw, like I said,
1: for the Jets, I think if they think Mims could be that guy or Corey Davis, you don't really need necessarily a number one. Like I said, with the early with the Patriots, it's all about your receiving group, it's a core. And if you could cut Crowder and save ten million and bring in Juju for the the same price, it, I think it'd be a well, steal. Well, I like
0: the Jets because they're kind of building like what San Francisco did. Like kind of with the offense, like like not a, a clear number one receiver, but a lot of guys who were just you know, number twos, I guess, a lot of number twos, so, and then.
2: Corey Davis though, I think he can be a number one. He had a pretty productive season considering he had all like they don't even look at him in the red zone. When you have Derrick Henry and Jonu Smith and, and AJ Brown in that offense. So like legitimately he had really no chance of scoring touchdowns unless they were long bombs. He's the number
0: he was- five pick, the number five pick in the draft. People think about, about it. it.
2: they're, they're oh, really more- there's no doubt. He was disappointing based on where he was drafted. No,
0: I think- I'm saying, no, I'm using that because he's a uh, He's talented. That's what I'm saying. He's yeah, very talented. I so think he-,
1: he has a chance to be a legitimate player for the Jets. And, and also think about it. They're a run-based offense and the guy still almost put up 1, yeah, exactly.
2: a thousand yards. Yeah, he had no chance to put up big numbers in that offense.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, um, we kind of already touched, or at least I touched upon my worst free agency signing, which is Trey Hendrickson for the Bengals. But um I'll give my best one real quick. How about that? And I think the most, the best free agent signing of, of the whole off season. Um, and this is kind of tough because there's so many names you could throw out there. I think, in my opinion, there's a lot of, there's a lot of signings you can you point to and be like, this is a great signing, right? Um It's going to go back to what we were just talking about, Corey Davis. And, you know, I think you, I mean, I am going to speak on this for too long cuz you guys literally just hit the nail on the head. But the run heavy offense, he got like what 900 yards this season, like 950 yards I think it was whatever 939 it was
1: 939 or
0: 983. Yeah. So then you have to think that his numbers could potentially go to 1100 in in a more, you know, balanced offensive si- uh, system. So I think for the for the price you get, you're going to get a guy who's at least a 1000 plus yard receiver for who is still relatively young in my opinion, right? He's like 20 24 gotta 24.
2: Be 24 25. Yeah.
0: There. So relatively young and they got him for a good price and a deal. That's really team friendly. So I like it.
1: For team,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. My um, best free agency signing is Winsley uh, to the Chargers. I think oh, that's a good one. A and, and not only we had a big addition to the Chargers, I think it was a huge loss for Green Bay as well. Um, they got him for a relatively decent price. And now he'll be like the leader. He's a veteran on that offensive line. And that really just helps the quarterback. And that's what you have I to agree. Do when every young quarterback is just helping. He's,
1: he's going to help Herbert so much. It's mm-hmm. going to be unbelievable. The center is, the, like you said, the leader of the offensive line. Cause a lot of the fronts for the defenses and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And like you said, the Packers prioritize giving Aaron Jones $12 million a year. When you could yep. put that money towards your center. And and I had that as the
2: a a. agency signing. As a matter of fact, I thought that was, I thought that they should have given that money to Lindsley instead. You, like I just, We will we, we, we'll keep beating the dead horse here. But why did you draft AJ Dillon? We, we'll just continue to ask. I that. know, man. Yeah. I, I'm, The Packers,
1: the Packers, and they still look, look what the Dolphins just did with Wolf Fuller. One year, 10 million. You're telling me the Packers can offer him that contract. They're ridiculous. And listen, I want to say Chris Carson's not going to be signed because nobody wants a running back
0: after his rookie contract. Like, no, you notice how Chris Carson hasn't been signed yet because nobody wants him.
2: Carson has a lot of mileage.
0: Nobody wants him. He's done. If a team signs him, he'll get like $2 million max.
1: No, no, no. We'll see. I'd say my best signing, though, I think, was Trent Williams. He was incredible for the 49ers. I think he's one of the best left tackles in the NFL. Um, he's 33 years old, still a leader, can protect any quarterback that they have next year at blindside. And I think the worst was Nelson Aguilar. We look at that. The Patriots give him $11 million guaranteed. He was paid two years, $26 million when guys like Corey Davis were paid around the same price. Will Fuller was paid less. There was a lot of other receivers that were paid a lot less. And have
0: Kenny Aguilar, Galladay is rumored to only be getting paid 11 to $12 million. $14
2: million. $14 million. Yeah, course, exactly. Which, so yeah. I I don't really know. Most about teams that. are only offering him a one year deal, but the Giants are gonna end up signing him because they're gonna they're the only team who's gonna be willing to offer him multiple years, I think.
1: I would I like offer that. him like a two or three year deal.
2: I'll give him a three year deal, dude. Screw it. Give him a three year deal. Well, because we it's you know, already ask. twenty-seven. So they, after three years, it's like he's kind of like damaged good. Especially right.
1: the tall receivers like that, because like you, you lower lower body injuries, like look what we saw happen to Julio, AJ Green Dez. It's a perfect examples. All right. right,
0: well, listen, we'll get him for two two productive seasons. His last year might be shit, but you know, it's all right.
1: Mm-hmm. Listen, said, he's better than anyone they have now. So
2: you'd be stupid not to throw money at
0: him. You know, definitely. 100%. All right,
2: let's, uh, let's move on to some NBA. We got some interesting topics. Uh, first of all, we're going to be talking about the MVP race here. Uh, Damian Lillard is surging a lot. We're, we're seeing James Harden and Jimmy Butler rise as well. And personally, I'm so thoroughly impressed with what James Harden's been doing. The Nets haven't lost the game in seemingly forever. And that's mostly because of James Harden. So Jokic is still number one. Although I don't think Jokic is my MVP anymore.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that it's tough, right? It's tough, but um, you know, everyone knows I'm a Dame Lillard fan. Um, I'm a this the Blazers are my second favorite team because Melo, obviously, CJ McCollum. We met him in Miami; such a cool dude. And then Dame, one of my favorite players ever. Um, so I, I think with the way he's playing, the 31 points a game, guys, and without CJ McCollum, his second best player, they're still tied for fifth in the West. Like that's underrated. Fifth in the West, and without your second best player. To me, that deserves MVP consideration. Um, I guess other guys I would like to see James Harden, like you said, talk about transitioning your game from an elite level score, a person that or a person that people said was a locker room cancer that couldn't fit in other systems. People didn't want like the Sixers would refuse to trade Ben Simmons for him.
2: Yeah, that's disgusting. And honest. then just he
0: changed his game to an elite playmaker, still an elite scorer. You know he's capable of dropping forty on any given night, and then. Lastly, my other guy, I think LeBron James, low-key deserves some more consideration. Second in the West, one and a half games behind the Utah Jazz. If they can creep up to the number one seed without Anthony Davis, you got to give him some love.
1: Listen, I think that Harden is way too low on this list. This is just unbelievable. They're the best team in the Eastern Conference. They're going to take over the number one seed if they do not have ready.
0: Yeah, but it's just like Kyrie. It's like the Kyrie kind of thing, right? It's, I get it, it's but that. Kevin
1: Durant's been out for a while.
2: Kevin Durant's been out, and Kyrie's been out a few games too. And Kyrie, yeah, yeah
0: Kyrie's missed
1: some games here and well, there. Look, and if if think,
0: Kevin Durant misses the rest of the season, he has a legit shot. I'll
2: listen, say that.
1: And like Jokic, what, they're the seventh seed? Fifty. Like,
0: they're, they're fifth and sixth. Portland and Denver, are fifth and sixth, are tied with each other.
1: I get Dame. I watched the game last uh, the other night. He, he was, was absolutely phenomenal. incredible. He scored fifty points. He was getting to the basket at ease. It almost just seems like the Blazers too. Like when when they're down in the end of the games, like you just have that gut feeling that they're going to come back and end up winning because of Damian and Lord solely. And I think that Giannis and LeBron are a little too high on this list. MB's injury really killed him because I thought it was his race to lose. But yeah, I think yeah. that Harden. I probably I might say my top three would probably be Dame, Harden, and Jokic. And I think that I would be fine with them. Well, Giannis,
0: you a- I think Giannis has voter fatigue on, on his side or on his against his side. Like voter fatigue is a, a huge thing because he's already won two times in a row. And for Giannis, his no
2: his hint. only shot
0: though, no, but his numbers are better than they were last two years. The only shot he has to win MVP is if the Bucks at the number one seed, and that's that's his only real clear. Yeah, path. But,
2: uh, once again, his numbers are better, and no one's talking about him because that, that's all it is—is is a media narrative. He yeah, exactly. It's a narrative. So, because really
0: you, you, you just, think about it. It's like a play. Like you can't be a player, a three-time MVP, and you know you haven't even made it to the finals yet. Like you haven't even made it to the NBA finals yet. You can't be a three-time MVP without a finals appearance. Like that seems a little bit crazy. So the media won't give him an award again until he wins a championship. I'm convinced because they do, they don't want to like do it for the legacy purposes. Like they don't want to give a guy so many MVPs, even though it's the narrative, like you just said, 100. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter how good these guys are necessarily. Just. The narrative has to do a big factor with it.
1: Okay, so now let's move on to the Atlanta Hawks. Coming, you know, after they're the hot, dude. Fire. We we gave that guy a lot of shit, but he deserved it. Look at this team now; he they're seven up, o- firing. Currently, set fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. I mean, listen, guys, you think the Hawks can hold this kind of place, or do you think they'll keep themselves in this planned game area in the East? Well,
0: I mean, look, if you look at the, the Eastern Conference, the fifth seed, um, and the tenth or like the eighth seed are like one game apart. So obviously, this doesn't really seem you know, I guess you can't, it doesn't really seem like you can expect them to hold a spot. Like it, it, they don't, if they fall down, it's, you know, perfectly reasonable to say that. But I will say the Atlanta Hawks, um, Nate McMillan, an incredible job right now with the squad. And Lloyd Pierce, like I said, I literally was saying this for months about how Lloyd Pierce is the worst coach in the NBA. He's a, he's a cancer. And it's about time they fired him. And, you, you know, you're seeing what happened. You 7-0.
2: Yeah, so what are the Hawks? I think the Hawks are one game over right now. I think they're twenty-one and yeah, twenty. twenty-one and twenty. And yeah, I think they can maintain where they are right now because this is how they should have been playing all year. Like they're they should be slightly above five hundred. They're a young team, but they have tons of talent. You know, Trey Young, although we we rip on him a lot, he's still a good player. Um, you know, DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddick, Collins, right? and then Bogdanovich
1: off the bench. And then look at their free agency signings like Freshman Rondo, Rondo, Bogdanovich, like you spoke, mm-hmm. spoke about. Dude, like play playoff
0: they, they, Rondo could be legit for this team. I'm telling yeah, you, yeah, I
1: mean, they, they can. I had them as a playoff team before the start of
2: the season. It's like one of like the bottom four seeds in the East. And like, this shouldn't be a surprise. They're they're capitalizing on a weak Eastern Conference for sure, but like they should be the fifth seed in the East. You know, we're
0: starting to see kind of the split though. So the numbers one or five through eight are only a half a game separation between five and eight. And then the nine seeds, one and a half games back at the eight seed. So it's kind of seen like that division between the five and eight and nine and ten. And mm-hmm. the Bulls and the Pacers are the two teams of the nine. Yeah, and 10 but the are Pacers
2: now. are on a huge losing streak. The Bulls and the Raptors, have been They're seventeen
0: and twenty-three. The Raptors. Yeah, the, the Bulls have been
2: hovering around like the same record the whole season. But the Pacers, man, they've just fallen. Oh, like, talk about losing streaks. The Rockets have lost eighteen, 18 games, in, games a in a row. Yeah, they were eleven. And, and nobody's and talking 10. about it. Like they might go on like the, the biggest losing streak of all time. You know what the worst part is? They still only have the third worst record in the league too. The Wolves are somehow worse. How the are, are the Wolves the worse? Still How are the
0: Wolves still worse? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. In the know Pist- yeah, they no, they play tonight. The Pistons and Rockets play tonight. Big oh, matchup. Big okay. matchup.
1: Somebody's got to win. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, yeah, I think the Pistons win. win. Though I think the Pistons win. Seriously. All right. Well, look, I think we kind of owe some NBA this player an apology.
1: Me. This
2: pains me. We
0: we owe some NBA player an apology, guys, because this guy like
1: our noise. He was listening to our noise. This These guy might.
0: Group. This guy yeah. might be the most like in, from pre All Star break to post All Star break the most improved player so far. Anthony Edwards, averaging 31 points a game, five boards, shooting 48% from the field and 39% from three.
2: Um, he really made us eat our own feet here. Yeah, so he, I mean, that's like double his shooting percentage from before the all-star. Yeah, it's so, good for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, so on the season, he still shoots 38% from the field. So to be fair, you know, we kind of had that to hang on to still. And he shoots 30% from three. So his numbers are still extremely inefficient. But to be fair, we're seeing progress. And as a rookie, that's really all you can expect and hope for. So, True. I want to know your thoughts on this, guys. Yeah.
2: I mean, I think this is just the type of player he is. He's going to go through hot streaks like this, where he like, lights the NBA on fire. But then at the end of the day, you're going to look at his shooting percentages, and it's going to be like, oh, 43%, oh, 34% from three. Like, I, like, I mean, he, you just can't expect him to put these numbers up consistently on a consistent basis. I just don't think he's that good. But, you know, it is cool to see him playing so well. And, you know, maybe he's a listener to the podcast. Maybe he, um, you know, maybe he heard us and he wanted to prove us wrong. So, good for him.
1: Yeah, like I said, he really made us eat our own, you know, you know what, but.
0: Yeah, I never had somebody eat, like, made, it, made us eat our own words like this bad.
1: Yeah, this I mean, is pretty rough, bad, i sure. <laughs> bad. Like, we were considering this guy, like, almost a bust already and him <laughs> off. And this guy's, like, averaging 30 a game now. It's kind of. Sh-
0: like, you know, the funny thing is, one of the video food. titles on our YouTube channel is, it's time to panic about Anthony Edwards. And that was after we all kind of went on our own mini rants, I guess. So, you know, man, look. I'm all for players succeeding. So shout out to Anthony Edwards for real, man. That's awesome. But, you know, look, you still shoot less than 40%. So, you know, hold your horses here. You're still last in the, in the NBA, by the way, 10 and 31. So until maybe we see some more
1: longevity. Yeah, and then they Cunningham next year and they're still going to suck.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Oh, man, they don't have their own pick. The Warriors had their pick.
1: No, so,
2: only, it's top three protected, though.
0: Yeah, but all right. Well, it's top. Yeah, so they can't get Kate Cunningham, though. So they won't get him if they do somehow keep their own pick. But yeah, anyway, you know have fun timberwolves you're you're gonna you're gonna be last in the west again
1: yeah um
2: Definitely. yeah it's a all right let's uh move on to the utah jazz still first in the west but they are only five and five in their last 10 kind of disappointing i think they're a game and a half above the lakers but they've yeah. no doubt um lowered their level of play recently because they were winning just every game they played and that's not the case anymore
1: yeah, I mean, listen, the Utah Jazz are frauds. We, we've been talking about it all season. We kept asking ourselves, oh, are the Utah Jazz contenders this, this, and that? They're not contenders. We know what's going to happen when they get to the playoffs. The only teams that are legitimate in the Western Conference are the Lakers and the Clippers. Why? Because of star power. The Jazz don't have a guy that's – Donovan Mitchell is not a star. He's, he's an elite player. He's not a star. So they're not going he's anywhere. He's a
0: star, not a superstar, I would say.
1: Yeah. Or, yeah, that's fine. Either way, regardless, we've been saying the Jazz aren't going to make it to the Western Conference Finals. We've been saying this the whole time, and it's about time. Like you said, they fell back down to earth. It only It's only fair. They're overrated. Yeah, I, I agree. But, you know, I will give the
0: Jazz some credit because they they still hold the number one seed in the West. But, you know, I've been saying this the whole time. There's, the Western Conference, the seeding really doesn't matter too much. You look at some of the, the past years where – you know the three seeds, like the Portland Trailblazers, one year the three seed they got swept by the six seed Pelicans because it was only a half a game separating yeah. those two teams. That's gonna it's be like so close. Year,
2: really.
0: the, some of these seeds are so close. Where like, are these teams really even that much better than like the teams like significantly lower than them? And especially with the COVID year, with the back-to-backs, a lot of COVID protocols have prohibited some players from yeah, you know, to fine. miss a lot of time. It's tough to kind of really get a, a good look of, of these standings and be like, wow, these are the best teams in order. Are in, in order of like first to last. So, you know, I guess the Jazz still have a shot because they play the Dallas Mavericks right now. The playoffs were to start today, one versus eight, which honestly, could this be a, a could this be a one versus eight like
1: yeah.
0: warrior thing? Like, we're
2: no, no, it can't. I don't no know. Way.
0: A healthy Porzingis, you think if Porzingis can somehow stay healthy, which
2: you know, it's hard for him enough, I think you changed really. my mind at all. They have Gobert to lock him up.
0: Yeah, I mean, but think about it. You know, I think Rudy Gobert's problem was when you know they switch. Him out pick on the, and roll. the pick and, I mean, yeah, put him out on the perimeter. It's a he's a it's a, a liability for the Jazz, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. he can't play on the perimeter. He can't play perimeter uh, perimeter defense. So, um, I think the Jazz are, are, are frauds, like Frank said. But they're frauds. But if
2: they end up with the one seed, they'll end up beating the eight seed.
1: Yeah, and yeah, then losing the second round to like the Suns or something. Well, right so now they probably
2: play the Clippers in the second
1: round. So...
0: And you know what's funny though? Oklahoma City has a chance to make the playing game,
1: and yeah. that team. What? The culture that they have down there in Oklahoma City is just off the charts. You saw it last year with Chris Paul and kind of shy has taken seven to that leader yeah, role like, with the, the young guys. The fact they just, that
0: they right. are still even in this conversation for a, a
2: playoff spot. Where does the spot. culture even come from, though? Because they have a different coach and a, a basically a completely different roster. I think
0: it's just – the, they have, the, ever since this that titty? organization
2: took over, though, the o- Oklahoma City Thunder
0: – they have not had a losing, like, record, it feels like, at least, right? Like, they've never, like, been, like, bad.
1: They've always been somewhat relevant. It's been
0: Kevin Durant leading the way, and then it's been, like, Russ and, you know, Paul G-G. George, I guess, yeah. Pandemic P. And then it's been CP3. They, they've never been bad at all. So, I guess it's just kind of that culture carries over. But, yeah, good, yeah. good for them.
1: They're, they're, they're on one more thing before we end here. Colgate is currently beating Arkansas by eight points and still in the first half. Oh, baby, I'm telling looking, you guys. Colgate's looking at an winning. upset, upset alert here. Colgate, Colgate up by eight. They're up by ten. Any now, other
0: scores? Want to share with the audience? Let's talk about some March Madness real quick. Any any, any live updates right now?
2: Um, right now,
1: UF is losing by six at the half because they're the most overrated team in the bracket. But all right, so let, let's give some upsets for the next two days because I know today. I think I have the uh, Syracuse winning today against San Diego State. I think I also have. Um, I have Winthrop beating Villanova tonight. I think that's definitely a really good possibility. A really popular one is Georgetown over Colorado. Tonight. Yeah, I also, I also yeah, have that as well. Georgetown's man. hot right now, man. Listen, though, <laughs>
2: Arkansas is the biggest
0: fraud in this tournament. I'm telling you, Colgate, yeah, you gotta start, like- yeah, you got to start taking them seriously. They're an elite team, elite three-point shooting team.
1: Go good offense. I like these non comp. I like these teams that win their conference title beating up on these teams that were in other conferences. It's always, I it's like- always scary when you go up against a team who's like 15,
2: 16, and one because even though they don't play the same level of competition, the like, they don't know how to yeah. lose. All they do is win. win. And it's like when you learn how to close out games, even against lesser competition, it just makes it so hard to beat them. 100%. We seen it a few times. We saw it a few years ago with Loyola, Chicago. Yes, any, shot were- a,
0: any shot of 15 or 16, he wins um, this weekend.
1: Look out for Oral Roberts against Ohio
2: State. That's what I would say. Not saying. 16 seed. I don't even think Michigan will lose, but – or I Roberts has a I chance. Can't. I think God, so. It's impossible to predict a 15 seed to beat a 2 seed. <laughs> although, although one 13 seed that no one's talking about is Ohio. They have – Oh, my Jason God, they're Breson. so good. Three sixteen 16 maybe baby. From the Orlando area, he had zero Division one scholarship offers. He posted – he made and posted his own video on YouTube. Ohio is the only school to give him an offer. And now he's one of the best players in the country. He averages like 18, 8, and 8. And I think they have a legitimate chance to beat Virginia. If they could and watch out for Parker, good, so and Virginia,
1: Virginia was has COVID issues as well as Kansas and uh, Michigan, I think, I believe. So a lot of these teams with COVID, it, well, Michigan doesn't, but they're Michigan best Michigan is just the yeah, Michigan. So a lot of these a lot of these teams, man, could we could see some upset. I also like USCB against Creighton this weekend. I think that the Big East is very overrated. as a so Wait, conference. wait, wait, guys.
0: Breaking news right now. Breaking news before we end the podcast. Juju it? Smith-Schuster oh. is now a Pittsburgh Steeler. Resign with the Pittsburgh Steelers. You can't, wow.
1: you can't play with my emotions like that.
2: Juju
0: resigned mm-hmm. the Steelers. That is crazy.
1: They said he took a massive pay cut to his home over large numbers, division rivals, and Super Bowl contenders to accommodate with Pittsburgh's tough cap situation.
2: He took a pay cut. Wow, that's kind of… One-year deal, yeah.
0: Well, I mean… Crazy. You know, I guess this could change his, his reputation because he's been known as kind of like a TikTok boy, you know, just being an, a complete idiot, but I mean. I'm kind of man. disappointed.
1: If they sent him to a one-year deal, like the Jets definitely offered him something then, which is kind of disappointing, but whatever. Yeah, oh well. So Juju is
0: officially a Pittsburgh Steeler. No TikTok boy will be added to another roster. And the TikTok boys reunite uh, chasing yeah, Juju. So um, cool. that's the for the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 21 on March 19th, 2021. Uh, we gotta watch March Madness. So, uh, okay, <laughs> go. talk Let to you guys me. later. Peace.